It's uh, lovely to be joined on the programme now by Jenny, who uh, that's not Jenny's real name, but you will see why we're going to change that in a moment. Jenny contacted Oldham Community Radio. Well, actually, it was a friend of hers, wasn't it, that, that, that mm. contacted us, uh, that said you would probably like to come on here and tell us your story. It's a very, very emotive story, so we should warn listeners that there might be some things that may hit close to home, depending on mm-hmm. who's listening. But first of all, Jenny, congratulations on what must have been a difficult time and, and, and getting out of it, hopefully relatively unscathed. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should start with an idea of who you are and your background and your family. Are you a, are you a local lass? Yes, yes, I'm from Oldham. I was born and bred in Oldham. Um, can we ask your age? Are we allowed to do that? Of course you can. This lady is quite willing to give her age. I'm 61 years old. Um, I'm, my family, my mother was born in Failsworth and my dad was from Oldham. I don't know where my dad was born. But they were married and I'm the middle child of five children. And, yeah, we've lived in Oldham all our lives. And, yes, yes, I like Oldham. Uh, so we said, Jenny, that you have had some problems with addiction in the past. When did you first realise that you had an addiction problem? Probably first realised throughout my life, in my younger years, I'd, uh, I'd always been a drunk and I liked being a drunk. I mean, people use that word, and I'm, forgive me interrupting, but I think it's important yeah. we, 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 we clarify as we're going along. That's the idea with this. You said you, you're you a drunk. People yeah. use that in almost sort of funny terms these days, don't yeah. they? You know? I was a drunk when I always thought I was a drunk. That's what I just thought I was. And then at some stage I would grow out of it and get through it and just grow up like most people do. And by the time I was 30, I was beginning to realise at that at age 30 that there was perhaps something wrong with the way I not so much took drugs because drugs I consider drugs all drugs are illegal so you're taking drugs illegally anyway and um, uh, uh, for a long time throughout my 20s I'd been talking to psychoanalysts but at the beginning of my 30s I started to realise that there was um, something wrong with me and maybe I thought it was mental and I started seeing counsellors, usually all trying to get them all free because I didn't have any money because all my money had to go on me going out. But from 30 up to the age of 39 when I stopped, I would say them last nine years I was trying to get back to where I was just a drunk by that time I had stopped taking drugs because I thought they might be causing me the problems that I was having so was this kind of influenced by by your friends and that in going back to your younger days when you you started drinking? Was it kind of like a, a social thing that got out of control or was it something that you yourself did and that was it? I think from a very, very young age, I liked 
I liked drinking places. I was I was always quite obsessed with drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, as children, we used to go to Lee's and a conservative club, and um, I loved the atmosphere, you know, the smoky atmospheres. The Which you could back in those days, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah, the singing and dancing, and I couldn't wait to be grown up and be a part of this drinking scene which I saw as quite glamorous and beautiful but mine wasn't anything like that what sort of things were you were you drinking at the start at the start um like you know you know it started off on park don't you it was um baby sham clan clanju most of it's uh, uh, cherry bees cider cider was always the one yeah. um but Basically, I would drink anything really, you know. I liked the feeling it gave me. It kind of, I've always been a very active person. I'd never been able to sit still and drink sometimes allowed me to just be calm, if you like. It allowed me, but it never stayed like that. Because what I know today, I didn't know then, but what I know today about the first drink for somebody like me, is um, it's the first one that can't have just one or two. I have to go the whole hog. So you were you were relatively young when when this started. What point in and we'll call it a journey because it is a journey. Mm. What point in your journey did you realise that things perhaps were not all they should be, and you needed a bit of support and help to get back on the straight and narrow, as it were? Oh, um, I felt from from my mid-twenties, not with the drink problem, not with the drink because I didn't even comprehend. I always thought at some stage that was going to sort itself out, like it seemed to do with everybody else who I knew. Um, But I was always seeking some form of help from somewhere. You know, I always felt that I was not right in the head. You know, that there was something amiss about me. I kind of have always felt that. And when actually, when I drunk, that feeling used to go when I had a drink. So that was why it was always quite beneficial for me to drink, if you like, because it did take away. I was never shy. But I always had something, an underlying feeling about me that there was something not right about me. And when I took a drink, it was like everything was right about me. And it seemed to just make make me feel so much better. Even when I knew I was just having it, it was like something that just happened I suppose, like you say, you could go into Lees and Hay Conservative Club or, or other places to, mm. to get to get booze um, mm. because it's relatively easy to, to do that and people wouldn't bat an eyelid. What about the drugs? How, how did you get those, if you don't mind me asking? Well, the drugs came into my life really because I couldn't drink without getting drunk. So I started using amphetamines to be able, cause I, I was, I was a drunk. When I say I was a drunk, I, when I drank, which I didn't do every day from being very young, but it seemed to creep up on me. But when I drank, I always got drunk and I didn't want to get drunk because I ruined many and I, I got drunk too early. 
I got drunk, could never remember anything. And that was from a very, very young age. So I started using amphetamines. I think I found amphetamines. Um, I went, we was all going out somewhere and somebody gave them me. We was going to a, a concert, watching a band. And I was still at school at this time. And I was a bit worried about getting drunk and not being able to. And somebody offered me this stuff and I took it and it worked. I managed to last the whole night and remember everything. So that's how that came into my life. I, do, I don't know. It was, it, they just always, the places we went and the things we did, they seemed to be there, but but when I talked to my sisters who was going out with me and going to the same places, they weren't there for them. So I think you've as as it it's becomes one of your natural instincts to find what you want. So this was at school. The, the yes. part, part of this was at school again. Did did that affect everything else that you did at school? I didn't like school anyway. No, I hated no, no, it. Okay. I liked so, but I didn't. I wasn't very good at lessons because my 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 concentration span was very small. I suppose if I was a child now, they would say I had HAD or something. But in that time, you were just bad. <laughs> really, I think I'm quite glad of. Really, I'm quite. Um, I don't know if glad's the like, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah, I'm quite, uh, on the whole, I'm quite pleased with how my life has gone. Because without what happened, I wouldn't be where I am today. Let's turn on positives, yeah. because obviously, I've got to ask the obvious question, I suppose with with your alcohol addiction, you'd mm. probably turn to Alcoholics Anonymous, would you, eh? Yes, yes, it what? wasn't my first part of call. How did that lead up to there then, Jenny? My, my dad had been, my dad was in a, you know, he'd got sober when I was quite young and I watched my dad deteriorate before us, you know, so I kind of had some... I think I was in, I'm not, I'm not very good on ages and numbers, but we might have been 20 when my dad got sober. So I knew that, that of AA, yeah. and I was glad he'd got sober. But I never saw myself as bad as him. His, his drinking was totally different than mine. Um, and it was my sister, my eldest sister, who brought all the relevant information back to me. For AA, but at the meantime, I'd been going to ADS and places like that. What's ADS? Alcohol and drug services, okay. and they deal with all sorts of, you know, if you want to drink normally, they will help you to try and do that. If you want to stop, this is, I mean, it's a long time ago since I went, so this is what they were dealing with then. ADS, as it was called then, alcohol and drug services, dealt with problem drinkers, people who were going, and if you wanted to get back to drinking normal, they would try and help you with whatever. So I was going there. Uh, I didn't go a lot because you had to fill a drink diary in and I, I couldn't read what I'd written, so I really never went oh. back. But I was always looking for some way out of the way, and deep in the back of my mind, I knew that alcohol wasn't my main problem because once I stopped taking the drugs, which had propped my drinking up for years, 
I was left basically crawling around with a bottle in my hand, unable to do anything about it by myself. And I think I was 35 year old when I first reached out to Alcoholics Anonymous, which is about total abstinence and how to live without alcohol, you know, and that's what I wanted. Um, yeah. This this support, um, was it kind of like a one-to-one or was it group? Group-based, yeah. alcoholism, yeah. it's totally voluntary. So there were a lot of people in your position. And what I found was different with Alcoholics Anonymous was nobody made me do anything. It was my choice yeah. with what I did. Because for a long time in Alcoholics Anonymous, I continued to drink. But nobody told me I couldn't come, that I was a drunk. My mum attended Al-Anon meetings alongside, and that was probably why I went in the early times more. I go now because I want to go, but in the early times, my mum used to come for me every week um, to go. I went to A, as she went to Alanon, but at that time, at 35, 36 year old, I was still drinking and I had, I didn't really want to stop. I wanted to control and enjoy it like I used to, yeah, when I was just a drunk. You repeat this expression time and time again, Jenny, and I, I, I suppose it's taken a lot of. Uh, I don't know, fa- facing up to, um, the, the, you don't just go to AA for a few weeks. How long did this take till you saw some big improvements? And I suppose ultimately, and I, I don't know, is the right expression, get clean? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Forgive me. Yeah, is that, what, is that you, what they say know, we, these we, days? We say living sober, but um, yeah, yeah, living sober. I think I, I was thir- a month before my 39th birthday when I did get sober. Um, but I, I was 35, about 35 when I first went, and I went for 18 months. And after a while, I realised all these people wanted to do was help me, and I wasn't doing anything. I was lying. Um, I was a I was a bit troublesome, if you like. I was a bit um, disruptive and interruptive. But they never told me I couldn't come back. They just used to ask me to stop giving advice, which they don't give advice. (laughs) 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 But um, I was always invited back, um, you know, told to come back next week. That's what they just used to say to me, come back next week. Um, And I met some people then... And then after about 18 months here, I stopped going because I didn't really want to live, to get sober, really. I couldn't imagine my life without alcohol. Uh, but but the life I'd had when I was just a drunk. And I, dis, I, dis, I do use the word drunk because loads of people drink and are drunk and it's not a problem for them. But when it moves into alcoholism for me... It, that's when it became the problem where I didn't, uh, you know, when I was a drunk, I was an openly a drunk. I never bothered about anybody seeing me drunk. But when I became, when I realised there was something different that I, I knew I was an alcoholic, my drinking was my dirty secret, if you like. 
there was the bit that people could see I had, and then there was the bit what what um, was mine. Behind closed doors. Yeah, and if you're in secret, not always behind closed doors. Well, it is because you don't want anybody else to see or with others who drink like you. When was the last time that you had a, a drink, Jenny? Um, the 8th of May, 7th of May, sorry, 2000. We know exactly when we had our last drink, alcoholics. Why did I ask that question? Because I kind of <laughs> thought that you, you would do. But it's, it's been a little while. It's worked for me, yeah, yeah. It's worked for me because I wanted, I wanted it to work. You know, I, I, I tried many, many other things to control and enjoy it. And I couldn't do that. I knew I couldn't do it. And it had to be total abstinence. But I, and because I'd been to a previously, Alcoholics Anonymous previously, I'd seen a lot of people who were living what I call happy, joyous and free. And I wasn't. And um, they all, because I'd been going to AA, they all described that their lives within Alcoholics Anonymous enabled them to live happy, joyous and free. And I used to think that was a pile of rubbish in the beginning. But as I continued to drink and my life was becoming more and more a pile of rubbish than anything that was going on in their lives, I started to believe that, you know, maybe, maybe I could, with their help, I could do this. Because on my own, I couldn't. And you've clearly not been tempted in any way, shape or form. No. Obviously, this worked. It's, it seems so. There, there seems to be, you know, because we meet, we meet people all the time, you know, um, and they seem to be going, you know, there's, I know in Oldham, there's turning point. There's quite a few things in Oldham, you know. It was called ADSM, but there's turning point. There's quite a lot of things that seem to help them. And I believe, you know, you can go and be dried out, can't you, you know. But it's that living life without alcohol, what I kind of wanted and I believed that Alcott's Anonymous offered me that, you know, with no lectures, no, no. it was something that I wanted and I had to do. Is there enough, because we, as we've said, <laughs> excuse me, as we've said, this is a, a while ago now since, since you came mm. out of this and lived a presumably a normal, normal-ish life as you yeah. can do. Um, in every other walk of life, as it were, there's an ever-increasing amount of support for people with various problems. Is there any more support now in 2023 for people who are recovering or wanting to recover or wanting to face up to their addictions than perhaps there was when you were going through that, Jenny? Uh, today, I would say, at the time when I was in it and it was happening, I could not see any way out at all other than death. Um, I was too much of a coward to commit suicide in case I failed and I didn't want to fail at anything else. Um, cause I felt a total failure. And um, really, when when I reached out, for the help that's on offering, uh, I felt that there wasn't really anywhere else for me to go. 
And um, I believe that if you believe enough, you can you can recover from this. You know, you can recover. It's not easy. You know, it involves sometimes sacrifice. But any life worth living for me today involves sacrifice. You know, a life without some form of commitment or sacrifice is no life. You know, I, I've I've learned the hard way that doing what you want all the time when you want, with whom, whoever you want, and whatever you want is no real life anyway. I have nothing against alcohol. Nothing against it what's all. I think it's um, quite a good thing for a lot of people. But for somebody like me, it is poisonous. I would treat it, I treat it today. Like, you know, somebody with a peanut allergy, you know, like, but you don't obviously say, has anybody got a packet of peanuts <laughs> on this plane? <laughs> you won't say that because it's not. But, you know, I, I make sure that when I go out... I don't leave my glass on my own because somebody might think it's funny because you don't drink. Support a drink in it, you know, not in any harmful way. That's just how society is. There is a, there is the majority of society can drink alcohol safely, and I don't think that can be said so much about drugs. Um, that's that's where I see, you know, alcohol is legal, it's everywhere. You know, you can't just, when you're going somewhere, you can't say, oh, we can't have that here because I'm an alcoholic. You know, I don't want to live my life like that. You know, I was told very early on in Alcoholics Anonymous that if I did what was suggested and accepted what was an offer, I would be able to live free. Free from the want and free from the need to drink alcohol again. And uh, I believed that. And so far it has been true for me. I know it isn't true for every, everybody, um, but I don't think that's a fault of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a fault sometimes within us as a refusal to accept that, you know, we can't drink successfully. I never, ever say I will never, ever, ever drink again. I never, ever said that. It's my intention never to drink again. And I do that a day at a time. What would you say to anybody listening to your story today or who, you know, who knows someone in a similar situation about what you've been through and how to come out of it and your example. There is light at the end of sometimes a very long tunnel. Mm. If I do today what I did yesterday, I'm in with a 100% chance of getting through it. And you, li and you live your life today, Jenny, uh, how? You, you, you're enjoying life? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's life has problems as, as in everybody's lives. Um, um, I'm a, I've always been very, very physically active. I'm not, um, I'm by no means stupid. I'm not, but I don't study very well. I'm not one for sitting in a classroom and sitting. I can read a book for hours 
But you know, if you put me in a classroom, my concentration's quite small. So I'm a walker, I'm a swimmer, I do wild swimming, I love dancing, you know, and a lot of dancing's done in drinking places, but I don't go there for the drinking, I go for the dancing, yeah, so... But there aren't any privileges to doing what I do in later years, mm. um, and this has been one of them. Okay. Um, your story will be... Of huge interest to our listeners. It, some some listeners may just listen and think, what a remarkable lady. Others will probably take some solace and comfort from it. Mm. We never, we don't know. But uh, Jenny, can I thank you for your time to tell us your, your, what is a very personal story and for, um, for coming and sharing it on Oldham Community Radio. And thank you, Ian, for asking me. It's, I've been very nervous, but it, I, it's been quite rewarding for me as well and hopefully someday I'll get something from this that they too can there are many many things out there you know and we're not the only organization that deals with not drinking you know I believe if you tell people that's your intention to not drink you will get a lot of help from many different agencies you know I've just found found what I needed and wanted within the organisation I go to. So thank you very much, Ian.